0: all my teammates one thing about michael jordan was he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do when people see this and they're gonna say well he wasn't really a nice guy he may have been a tyrant oh well that's you because you never wanted anything i wanted to win but i wanted them to win and be a part of that as well I don't have to do this i'm only doing
1: it because it is who i am that's how i played the game
0: that was my mentality if you don't want to play that way don't play that way Break.
2: hello everyone you're listening to the tv zone podcast presents the last dance i'm your host jay and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Moneymaker Chris. Chris, how you doing, sir? Hey, doing good
0: this evening, man. Doing very good. Very good. All
2: right. So here we are. Uh, we're here to talk about episodes seven and eight of The Last Dance. Um, and we were talking a little bit about this uh, earlier today when we was kind of texting back and forth and even here before we actually got started recording, mm. just about like how these two episodes were really good, and just I mean, because I think I told you uh, a couple of episodes ago that everyone who saw this like beforehand said that episodes seven and eight mm-hmm. were really like in depth and very, very good episodes. Um, so just really off the bat here, before we actually get into it, before I turn it over to you and let you kind of. Take us through it. Um, mm-hmm. but your overall like feeling of watching this episode because this is still doing that you know it interesting time of Michael Jordan's life. hmm It sure is. It de- it definitely lived
0: up to that. I mean, these like say all the episodes have been good, but these last two episodes, the seven and eight episodes, they really dive deep into a lot of different topics. And you said it was a very interesting time for Jordan. He was going through a whole lot of different things. As time period, so I think they definitely lived up to what
2: they were saying about these two episodes. I feel all right, cool. I mean, I, I same here because you know, like we've discussed about it before, this that that 92 to 95 time period in Michael's life, I think, doesn't get talked about in depth as much as it should. Yeah, yeah, like I was saying, they they really do.
0: They always like highlight, you know, like when he first came into the league, you know, the championships and the branding and everything. But this time period always seems to be kind of forgotten and left out when they have the the uh, Jordan discussions and everything. And it's a very interesting time period for Jordan too. So I, I don't know why they don't, you know, discuss that more when they're breaking that. You gotta, you know, you gotta cover everything if you're gonna talk about Michael Jordan. You gotta you gotta talk about this stuff too. Cause it's, it's very important with his whole, you know makeup and everything over the course
2: of his career it is but at the same time we kind of know why they don't so yeah i yeah i can can understand why they why they wouldn't yeah you don't want to go too deep into this stuff because then it might uh uncover some stuff that
0: yeah some stuff stuff you know some skeletons in his closet you know you you don't want out there
2: so yeah, uh, so basically, I mean, you want to kind of take us through these episodes now? All right, cool. Let's um, let's
0: get started. So we knew this was gonna be a very um emotional one because we knew like they were gonna start talking about you know stuff with his dad and everything, you know, like right after he retired and everything. So right off the bat, man, they get started, you know, talking about you know the death of his father and everything. And we know how we know how much his father. Meant to him. I mean, you saw him when he first won the championship. He's clutching the trophy. His father was there, and you know, throughout key moments early on, there he was a huge, huge part of his career. So when he passed and everything, especially the way everything went down, I mean, it really it just added even more, took even more of a toll on him. You know. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you feel about how, how that was um discussed in this episode?
2: Well, uh, one of the things I did like is it it does show just how how close him and his dad were,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which Very it, which kind of you know put parallels with him and Tiger Woods, his dad. You know, it, mm-hmm. it was the same way.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And even though we knew, you know, you could tell like ninety two, ninety three, especially ninety three is where Michael really was looking like he was just like, oh, I'm done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm, mm, he he had had it. He he was screwed. He said, "I'm I'm done."
2: And I mean, it goes where it, you know, it kind of the saying goes that the last conversation that he had with his dad was about him saying, "I'm gonna quit basketball to go play baseball." Mm-hmm. So apparently, that was always the plan, or mm-hmm. whatnot. And. it it was, it was kind of nice to see, you know, Michael kind of reflecting back on that type of, because one one of the things about Michael Jordan that we don't see a lot of is him just being his natural self. Mm
1: -hmm. But
2: through this documentary, we are, you know, getting to see a lot of just Michael being Michael in a way. And Mm -hmm. even though, you know, all of it is not him at his best, but it's still, you know, he, you get to see like the different sides of him, for better or for worse, and I for that I have been enjoying because, you know, with some people he's one of those people that, when you know, because he was so famous and everything, you kind of you kind of start disassociating him as like being a regular person. Mm-hmm. You 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 kind of you kind of start looking at him. I won't I won't go like to the whole idol. Um, Mm -hmm. point even though some that is kind of what it is in a way but at the same time when you start disassociating people as being like just a regular person to this whole idol you know status and everything you kind of overlook or don't see them as a real person but watching him you know even with the talking head stuff with either from 98 or from what was it i think this stuff with him was filmed in either late uh 2018 or 2019 or one
1: mm-hmm.
2: um mm-hmm. just the, like the more current day stuff of him talking and everything and just you know just seeing him as a natural person that stuff to me was is more intriguing about him because you learning more about him as a person as a man also so throughout this whole thing that's kind of been the the biggest thing for me and just him talking about his dad too it just you know it, it, it's nice especially the stuff you know we're dealing with like how him and his dad was so close and i mean mm-hmm. even goes back to the north carolina days really you know, yeah, really, yeah. You know him, him and his mom was there you know was there when when they won the, the uh, national championship in 82 and everything so his dad was a huge part not only of course his own personal life but also his Public life. His dad was a, a big component of that.
0: He really was, man. Like I it's very cool. We're definitely seeing a different, you know, more on the human side of Michael Jordan. We know the competitor and the assassin and everything we see on the see on the court and everything. But we're getting to see that, you know, hey, you know, we're getting to see the more hu- human side of him is going, like the relationship with his dad and everything, how much that impact, how much it had on him, and that's very good to see. That's, like, that's something you don't see a lot of either. Everybody just thinks, oh, you know, Jordan, the basketball player, but to see that relationship, that bond, that, you know, father-son bond, it's a, it's been a beautiful thing to see throughout the course of this um, documentary. Yeah, I agree. hmm And when it came to his, you know, his father's death and everything, you know, you started getting some of the conspiracy theories and stuff out there, you know, saying, oh, you know that it has something to do with his gambling and all this different stuff and everything, so... How did you feel when it came to like you know stuff like that when it was starting to pour all that stuff out there when it came to his father passing and everything? I
2: mean, okay, so the okay, so the the way everything went down in in a way, I mean, there are I, I will say there's some smoke and validity to you know the the theories that. Maybe his dad was killed because of Michael and his gambling because if you go back to where Michael, you know, he didn't care who he was gambling with. If they had the cash, he did not care, you know, type of mentality. No,
0: exactly. exactly.
2: you know, so you don't know who he might have been in in bed with as far as like the whole gambling thing, who he might have owed money to whatnot, especially the whole the infamous, you know, him wearing number twelve jersey, you know, that whole thing. Yeah, we talked
0: about that, that last episode. Yeah. Yep.
2: So <laughs> when it comes to stuff like that, because you know, the way it went down with the whole James Jordan, he was driving back to North Carolina, Wilmington to be exact. And instead of, you know you know, getting a hotel or even a motel room, he decides to pull off, you know, the road or whatnot and Go to sleep in the car, and the way they say things went down is that these two young boys they were 18 years old at that, so th- that was no like,
1: 18. That's that's crazy, man.
2: Yeah, and the fact that they they come upon the car, and you know, they I guess it was a robbery that went wrong, apparently, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they shot him, you know, they killed him. Then, of course, they trashed the car and, and they dumped it off somewhere. And then they, you know, they dump his body in the river because, you know, I I didn't know that it was actually a three-week, you know, thing that, you know, he went missing in late July and his body wasn't found until August.
0: Yeah, I didn't realize, I didn't remember that either. That was news to me too.
2: Yeah, so... I guess maybe because, you know, being a kid or whatnot, you kind of misremember certain things.
0: Yeah, you're not thinking about, you know, stuff like that.
2: Yeah, so I always thought it was, like, all, like, concurrent that it happened. I didn't mm-hmm. realize mm-hmm. it was a three-week span that went by. And, you know, that how that whole play out. But the fact that these boys was 18 years old, both of them, and, mm-hmm. and they just, you know, do what they do. And they got life in prison for that. So, you, can, mm-hmm. you just imagine, like, what they probably went through because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of oh, different prison <laughs> That were Michael Jordan fans and when they found out like, yeah, those are the two that killed Michael Jordan dad. Oh
0: they man I bet you, I bet you they I bet you they gave them hell, man. I bet you they gave them hell every chance they got <laughs> yeah.
2: And like I say, they got life in prison for that. So they, they you might as well say their entire life because I mean at eighteen you haven't even really lived life yet. No, not at 18. No, not at
0: all. So, it's just really, you're getting a good start for you good at that age.
2: So, at, I mean, at this point, they spent more time in jail than they did out of jail. Um, Pretty much. Thirty so, man. Yeah, and it's just, like I say, it was very, it was just a weird time because you remember that, uh, that post-game interview from the 93 finals that I had sent you. That's the one where he's, and this is even before this guy the uh, documentary got started but I think we were talking about it and I sent you that um, video clip or I tagged you in it one I can't remember and when he's talking and he just, Jordan that is and he just looks tired and he just like he just, he didn't want to play basketball anymore and Mm. I've always pointed to that interview as being like something that's very triggering for whatever reason and it's just like how it all the domino effect plays out like they win the NBA championship in, you know, in um, June of 93. His dad goes missing toward the end of July. They find his body in August. And then not too long after that, Michael announces his retirement and goes to play baseball. And it's just just the way that plays out. It's just weird. Then, of course, they do address the conspiracy about... Um, whether or not it it wasn't really a retirement, or did, mm-hmm. did, did David Stern, you know, secretly suspend Michael for eighteen months and this, that, and the other, and of course that's an old interview with David Stern in regards to that because you know he passed away, so there was no new stuff with him. But mm-hmm. even when, he, but I don't know if you caught that or not, but when when they showing that clip with David Stern talking about it, he even has like this little sheepish look on his face as if. Like there's more to that than what it really was.
0: Mm-hmm, but he can't. He don't really want to speak on it. Yeah, I, I, I did catch that. I did notice his expression when he was speaking.
2: It, yeah, and it's, it, it's almost like everyone that might be involved in it is gonna take that to the grave. So. hmm mm-hmm. so, so I don't think we'll ever know. And who knows? Maybe, maybe like fifty-something years from now, you know, is when the whole story will come out because all of them be long gone anyway, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, like I said, it's just a lot of controversial stuff that went on in regards, and unfortunately, it revolves around James Jordan's death. So,
0: yeah, man, just just very unfortunate. Like I said, a very interesting time, you know in Jordan's life during that time period, man. But like you said, the the retirement and everything, he makes the announcement, you know, about the retirement and everything. And then that press conference was crazy, man. We had everybody, not just, you know, the sports people. We had everybody, like the whole world was coming there to see about this retirement, you know, Michael Jordan and everything. And I found it interesting, too. He goes to the White Sox game, throws out the first pitch, and that's, then he goes up in the press box, and that's where the news first breaks. They start getting the rumbling about him having this retirement. And that leads to one of my theories, too. He's there at the White Sox game. So he plays with the, um, their, um, minor league, or,
2: um,
0: minor league team. I got to thinking, too. I said, so, that night was that like the beginning of the conversations about him, you know, potentially, you know, getting the baseball stuff going too. Were they discussing it that night? Like he hear about the you hear about the um retirement announcement. It was how they got the conversations going, you know, got the ball rolling as far as you know, getting his baseball career going too. That was one of the theories I was thinking. I said, hmm, yeah, kind of interesting.
2: And the fact too that hmm, Jerry Reindorf. Also own the Chicago White Sox. Exactly,
0: and, exactly. I'm telling you, just connect the dots there, man. Like, hmm.
2: And, and then the, I think the, the, the wildest thing about that is the fact that Jerry Randolph, he kept Michael's basketball salary and just basically shifted it over <laughs> to the baseball side. Right. That's like, another
0: thing that's wild well too, man. Like, who, who does that? It's like, is that is that legal? <laughs> now, they, can you can you really get away with doing
2: that? I was thinking about how how can he do that? <laughs> like, come on now. Yeah, it's like so. Basically, he was the highest paid minor league baseball player, basically. <laughs>
1: pretty
0: much, pretty much, man.
2: Oh my. God
0: goodness but yeah that was wild how that went down so you know of course you know he goes to play play baseball for the birmingham bruins and everything and I, I didn't know this either terry francona was his manager during that time period that yes. was very interesting that was something I, did, I didn't know about it was interesting to see him speak and give his perspective on the whole situation too i did not know that
2: Really, i mean they said it was gonna bring out all the heavy hitters soon well they, well, they definitely, they they definitely
0: did that, man, for sure, for sure. But I mean, when you look at like him down there, you know, playing baseball and everything, they said he he started off, you know, with a 13 game hitting streak. He kind of went cold after that, but he started off, you know, doing pretty good. And when you look at his like numbers and stuff during that time period, I mean, he, I'm sure. I mean, for somebody just coming from basketball and trying to play baseball, I mean, he batted like 202. Had three home runs, better than fifty. Had fifty-one RBIs and thirty stolen bases. I mean, not bad at all considering. And I and I still always wanted to. If it hadn't, like that was my like around the time of the um baseball strike. If they hadn't had the baseball strike, do you think he would have actually had a chance to actually get to the majors? If he had just stuck with that, would he actually got a chance to actually play in the majors? Well. You think?
2: Well, Frank Frankona said it. If if Michael would have had, I forgot exactly the number at bats that he said, but he said if he would have had whatever number that was, he he said in the um in the episode, he said mm-hmm. there's no question that he would have been called up to the majors. But the biggest thing which I did not know about this either while I'm watching this, because you know I kind of paid attention to a lot of that baseball stuff, but once again, when you're a kid. And you kinda forget things and misremember things or stuff get overlooked. When Mm -hmm. they brought up about the whole strike and how MLB wanted to, you know, kind of have a replacement, you know, players playing and they wanted Michael to play in the major leagues. And Michael was like, Nope. And next thing you know, he's back. (laughs) That's right. The famous line, that famous fact. Saying I'm back. <laughs> so I mean, even even with that, there's some controversy too it because it's almost like they were gonna try to use Michael to be the face of baseball in a way, and I don't think he wanted. He he didn't want to do that because I think he did respect the game as much as he respected the game of basketball. I think he also respected the game of baseball, and he didn't want to be treated. He didn't want to get like special treatment, you know, coming mm-hmm. into baseball because of his status of coming from basketball. And yeah.
0: I... no, go ahead. Yeah, because you know if he had actually made it up to the majors, you know, that's what they would have. They would have basically done. They would have, you know, every chance they got, you know, they would have had him all over the national games and everything. They would have definitely, like I said, they would have made him the face. Of the league, and they would have been doing like little perks and stuff for him that they probably wouldn't have been doing for him. you know your average, mm-hmm. you know, minor league player that's coming up. So I could definitely respect him for saying, like, hey, you know, I don't want to do this, for, you know, show and everything. Yeah, I want to play, but I don't want to be like, you know, just throwing out there like a showman type of thing, just like, you know, just dangling me out there for like, you know, entertainment purposes.
2: Good. And it just because it was, it's kind of weird, like, they were. They, I guess, because baseball needed something. If they was gonna get people like to watch, well, what's the biggest attraction that we could get? We can't, we don't have our regular players, so hey, let's get Michael Jordan, you know whatnot. People love him. Oh yeah, they love him. I'm telling
0: you, let's make him the face of our league. You know, especially with just striking everything going on. We want people to come back to the game. What better way to do that than bringing in, you know, Michael Jordan, one of the most recognizable names in that time.
2: And then also, too, that whole, uh, what was that, Sports Illustrated cover that they yeah. kinda, you know, they kind of s- screwed him over in a way. And, and that was the last time that Michael ever did anything with Sports Illustrated because he didn't feel like he could trust them anymore. Mm, so. Yeah, yeah. He kinda,
0: they they kind of screwed themselves there and kind of, you know, soured their relationship with that. I mean, I'm a, I, whoever behind that, they, they, had, they had to be dumb. I, I get you want to do stories and everything. And you want, you know, headlines and everything. but well, come on. Whoever did that, you know, that, was just, that was just a bad look for that side.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, not not a, not a good look at all. Man. Not a good look at all. But let's see. Let's get a look into the um, into the Bulls that season, that '93-'94 season. You know, where Jordan was basically, you know, away. I mean, the Bulls they actually, you know, did pretty good in that season. They had a 55 and 27 record, and Scottie Pippen kind of stepped up. In that leadership role a little bit. It's, it's very interesting how Pippen has been, you know, seen throughout the course of this episode and everything. I mean, he told his documentary. Yeah. I mean, we felt bad for him, you know, with the contract and everything, and the time period of him with the surgery and everything. And of course, we got him not going in the game and they drew up that play for Tony Kukoch and everything. What are well, you feeling for Scottie Pippen? And you're like, oh man, you know, it's like you got, you're kind of like an emotional rollercoaster. coaster when it comes to Scotty Pippen. Yeah. <laughs> right here. How, how, how do you feel about the Bulls during that season? And how do you feel about him not going in the game when they grew up that play for Kukoc? Um,
2: well, okay, so I feel two two ways about that. So as a kid, it's like, well, you 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 didn't really understand, you know, why he didn't go in the game. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. well, like well, wait, why 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 they ta- because you know as a kid watches it's like, why did they take Scotty out? Right. You know, Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's your thought process, like I said, oh, as a course. kid watching. Yeah, that. What's, what's going on here? But, you know, now, like, as an adult and everything watching that, I mean, it, it, it's kind of a double edged thing because you're the MVP of the league, and you know everything that you are capable of doing. So, why? It, it feels like that was a Jerry Krause type of. Thing because it's like who coach is supposed to be the new savior of the mm-hmm. Bulls, and you know, and it's like okay, well, this is the writings on the wall with that, and I think that's what Scotty was feeling like. Well, since that's who y'all want, then I don't need to be out there at all because he was supposed to be the one taking out the ball. So if if mm-hmm. if, if Scotty's taking out the ball right there, you know that. The play is not designed for him because they wasn't, you know, back then they weren't doing a lot of uh, elaborate like inbound, you know, plays scenarios mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It was no. clicker if they setting that play up for whoever is out there on the floor, not the one that's taking out the ball. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can kind of understand where Scotty's coming from in, a, in to a degree, but at the same time, it didn't make him look good. Because it almost made it seem like he wasn't truly for the team's need, and it, it doesn't hurt. I mean, it doesn't make it better for him either that the fact that Kukos does nail that freaking shot. So yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. what, what, what if he would have missed that shot?
2: Now, if he would have missed it, then you know, Scottie could be sitting over there looking like, hmm, I told you.
0: You know, I, right thought, I thought that, I Told you so. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs>
2: But the fact that Kukoc nails it and it was almost like that was the coordination of Tony Kukoc or whatnot. But it it once again, like all that is playing into what happens with Scotty, you know, getting to his last straw with Jerry Krause years later. And that was a part of part of that too. I mean in in all essence, I think the play should have been drew up for Scotty with the option to mm-hmm. Pass off maybe to Ku Coach or something like that. Cause I forgot exactly how much time it's supposed to be on the clock.
0: Yeah, but, I don't remember neither.
2: But you know, if if Scotty is your best player, Scotty is the MVP of the league. Scotty's had his best overall season, numbers wise, and he's the leader of the team. The play should be you should draw up at least two plays to where if okay, if you can't go to Scotty then you go to Kukos. I think that would have played better than to just say, oh, we're just drawing up the play for Kukos.
0: Yeah, very true. Very, very true. I mean, it's just it's just wild. But like I said, if he had a, if Kukos had a missed that shot, I kept thinking about that. He, like, good thing he made it, but if he had missed that shot, I can only imagine, man, how they would have went over there. like, people would had, people have so much more leverage in this situation. Like, see? Like, you said, see?
2: But, but also, too, the bigger thing, too, if Michael is there, do you draw that play up for Kukoc still? Of course, of course not. No,
0: hey, you're not. If Michael's there, there's no way you're going to play like that for Tony Kukoc. No way. No. You're
2: not
0: doing that. Michael
2: wouldn't for that. So, so that, that pretty much sums that up, right? It, it yeah, just, yeah. Like yeah. Scotty wasn't Michael, and I guess there was still just some doubts in regards to Scotty being you know, the leader of the team, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I mean,
0: like I said, he had a good season and everything. He still, you know, made the playoffs and everything. So I don't know why they wouldn't have that trust. I mean, Pippen, you know, he'd taken a backseat being kind of like the Robin the you know, Jordan's Batman. And, of course, when, you know, Jordan tires and everything, he definitely stepped his game up. Why they wouldn't have more faith in him to be able to, you know, take that leadership role and said, OK, we can run this play for Pippen and he can take this shot. Is beyond me, man. I mean, like I said, Kukos was a good player. I enjoyed watching him play, but come on now. Like, like we said, would they have done, if Michael Jordan was there, would they have done that? No. Not at all. So they just showed you ultimately how they were feeling about Scottie Pippen at that time. I mean, you know, he, you know, he stepped his game up and everything. They ultimately didn't trust him in that moment to take that shot.
2: Yeah.
0: Crazy, man. But, uh, something I wanted to get into that they really didn't touch on, which I was surprised they didn't touch on. We talked about it too. Was about the, um, Houston Rockets, you know, of course, during those two years that Jordan was, you know, you know, he was away. And then, of course, he came back toward the end of that, like, 95, 96 season. The Rockets won back-to-back championships. And some people would have said, you know, if Jordan hadn't retired, would Houston had won both of those championships? I'm very surprised they didn't touch on that at all. I mean, that was a very good Houston team. You had, uh, um, on, you had Drexler on that team, you had Kane to get Smith. I think Robert Ory was playing on that team. I mean, they had a very good, solid team. And Sam there's Pacell. always that one. Yeah, Sam Oh yeah, I forgot Sam Cassell was on that team, too. So it's always going to be that thing out there. You know, would they have won two straight if they had a Jordan that still would have been playing? I, I would say I would have given Houston one. I think at some point Jordan would eventually lost one. And like I said, he would have came back that next season, you know, on the on the warpath basically, yeah. but how do you feel, you know, about the whole Houston thing, and how come they, do you feel like they should have touched on that, like them winning the title in that time period?
2: I I think they they should have touched on it, um, just to kind of get Michael's thoughts about the Houston Rockets, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure he was watching what was going on in the well, league. Sure it was. Sure it and, was. I always find it interesting too. It's like, okay, so you're trying to tell me that Houston only has that two-year run because I mean the team was still pretty much the same. I'm talking about the Houston Rockets when mm-hmm. Michael came back mm-hmm. in '90, you know that because I, I, I don't I don't really count '95, '96 as him you know coming back. No, he, no, he's no. Not, he's not really back until 96,
0: 96. Yeah, he wasn't in the same game, JJ. No, he he wasn't, no.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. so, I mean, but if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, I probably have to look it up, but I could have sworn that Houston Rockets team was virtually still the same. You know, yes, yeah, as far as I remember, I'd I, I have to look it
0: up too, but as far as I can just remember off the top of my head, it was pretty much that same squad
2: but they only have that two-year run during the time when Michael is gone. And then when Mm -hmm. he comes back, it goes back to... And even even in the West, they just kind of fade away because you get the Supersonics Mm -hmm. for for the fourth championship, and then you get uh, the Utah Jazz for five and six. So... What happened to the Houston Rockets during that time period? That's that's always kind of interesting. That's that that, that that that's a very good question. A very good point.
0: Like I said, they, they, like, as far as I remember, they pretty much had the same team, and for them not to even at least get back to the finals at least one of the time makes you just think like, hmm. I mean, the West wasn't. I mean, the West was decent, but it wasn't that deep during that time period. Not like no. the West is now in the NBA. It was, they it, they could have definitely gotten back again to the finals.
2: Exactly. I mean. Just, I mean, when you look at the teams that, that Michael played against in the Finals, you got the Lakers, the Portland Trail Blazers, the Phoenix Suns, then you get the Supersonics, and then Utah twice. So, it's like the West, I, but like I said, it's very interesting because that Utah Jazz team is pretty much the same team doing that time frame either. It's just... I don't know. Maybe they just got a little bit more better. Like, Cause I mean, you have you always had Stockton and Malone. I think you always had Hornacek. Um Brown Russell. He shows up during that time period. Jerry mm-hmm. Sloan was always the coach, so mm-hmm. you know it's like okay. And then the SuperSonics, like okay, well what the hell? I mean, well we know what happened to them. I mean, Sh- uh, Sean Kemp, you know, has problems and you know getting traded and everything, but they never got, so that kind of was understandable. Deadlift shrimp, you know, he just kind of fizzled out, but I mean, for the most part those teams you know, they they, they were all kind of pretty much similar. You know, they didn't, there wasn't like how it is now, with free agency where people just change the teams left and right. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's interesting, but yeah, I would have liked to have seen, you know, them at least touch on the Houston Rockets, and also that theory, like, hey, well, if you know, if if you didn't retire and you played against them, just to, to have Michael make that conversation, you know, like how he would have thought about playing against that Houston Rockets team.
0: So Yeah, that would have been very, very interesting. And I pulled up the um, stats I from that team after they won the two. Yeah, it was basically the same team. You still had Olago on, you still had Drexler, you still had, uh, San on there, you had Kenny Smith, you still had Ori, you still basically had the same team. They finished third in their division, and then they finished, was that, fifth in the, uh, Western Conference. They were 48 and 34. Still not, you know, not a bad record and everything, but. Yeah, they basically had the same team, and they just had that two year stretch where they won the title
2: and never got back. wow man yeah like i said so that that's a that's kind of a story in itself like what the hell happened you have this two-year running but then again i mean the uh, the pistons you know before that they had a similar ish type run Mm -hmm. you know where they went to the finals twice and then they they fizzled out after that so i don't know maybe that's that's just a, I guess that's just the thing, really. Like some teams, they have their little mini runs. Some teams have mm-hmm. longer mm-hmm. runs, but then you have those, mm-hmm. you know, teams that have like little smaller runs. So I guess,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, it's very interesting. I always, you know, wondered about that, man. But very, very, very interesting. Very interesting. But um, yeah, Michael Jordan, you know, he comes back with the famous facts. you know, he facts saying, "Hey, I'm back." Comes back with. the forty five. And like you said, during that time period, he really wasn't the, you know, the Jordan that we all, you know, knew and loved and everything. He's coming off playing baseball. He's not fully in, you know, basketball shape. I mean, you look back to that, you know, still talk about the series with Orlando where, you know, Nick Anderson steals the ball and
1: everything
0: <laughs> hey, like, man. like I said, now you know, you know Michael Jordan in his heyday, you think somebody's gonna steal the ball from him, especially somebody like Nick Anderson, who wasn't a bad player, you're gonna steal the ball from Michael Jordan like that? I don't I don't think so, man. But it was that it was that next season, that seventy two and ten season, when he really, you know, the Bulls got back to being being the Chicago Bulls, man. But um, how do you feel about that transition, like from him, you know, first coming back then to that, you know, seventy two and ten team?
2: Well, okay, so it's always funny because once again, like I said, I, I put my child eyes back on from that time period. So when he comes back, I'm like, why is he wearing number forty five? Yeah, exactly. Stay here. I'm like, well, what's going on here? Why isn't he wearing which, 23? Which, is, okay, so that kind of goes back to, you know, when he was in baseball, he wore 45.
1: Mm hmm. He and, did.
2: And the fact that what we know now that Jerry Reindorf basically switched his NBA contract over to his baseball contract, maybe he was still con- contractually obligated. To be wearing forty five probably,
0: probably so. That has, there you go. Good thinking man.
2: Good thinking. You know, maybe, maybe that's what it was until I mean of course they all he says, you know, it wasn't until, you know, um I think it was Nick Anderson that said, you know, forty five ain't twenty three. 23, yeah, and he takes that personally because you know Michael know how to manifest stuff, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, He sure. Does. So, so you know he come that's when he come back with 23. But I mean, one of his best games of his career is a number. Forty-five, his fifth game back, and of course it takes place in good old Madison Square Garden. He drops, game. Yeah, he drops fifty-five on them just to let everybody know that, like, yeah, I am back. Damn it. I am back. That's right. You know,
0: no, 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 don't get it twisted. mk is back.
2: <laughs> but I mean, so you know, they go to the playoffs and then you know they lose to Orlando which has Horace Grant, who's like the savior, because I will never forget that crap. They won in Chicago, mm-hmm. and Horace Grant gets hoisted up on, on the team's shoulders and carried out of the stadium. So, the Bulls lose that. And what happened? Michael just, you know, they come back the next year and pretty much burn down the league and go 72-10. mm mm-hmm. <laughs> no,
1: So,
2: sad. I mean, it, that's kind of... I mean, he never lost in the finals, but I feel like that was as close to him losing in the finals as possible.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, I mean, if he would have lost in the finals one of those years, like oh, 93, man. 94, 94, oh, 95... Who knows, who knows what happened? <laughs> like I told you, they he would have they would have came back the next year, truly burned down the league. They would have went 82-0 and 16-0. Yeah, we talked about
1: playoff. that. Yeah.
2: So... Yeah, it, but it, it was just a, that was just an interesting time period because he he comes back and like say even though he was Jordan he wasn't Jordan it's like he had to kind of get back to that and I guess the whole Nick Anderson said Well, you know forty five eight twenty three like okay <laughs> i <I'll> show, <you.
0: laughs> yeah, show you I'll show you I'm telling you man it, 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 it didn't take much to get him going now. <laughs> <laughs> no, which we, we saw that in this episode too. We said it was very very much so. I mean look at the whole um the graphic smith thing. Oh god. <laughs> oh, oh my god. god. I remember Willbond talking about that. He was talking about it on the radio here like not that long ago here too. That was wild, man. I mean man, thoughts on
2: that <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I, I I don't remember this. At all in as matter of fact, I don't even remember this damn with LeBranford
1: Smith. Me I said,
0: only reason I remember this because I heard Wilbon and some of them talking about it, but during this, when it actually happened, I, know.
2: So, I mean, the whole thing about whether or not you know, he goes out and had this really good game against Michael, and supposedly after the game, he says, good game, Mike. And, you know, Mike takes that personally. Personally. Yeah. And the, the story goes that the they was playing on you know they was playing a back to back home home game. Mm-hmm. So the game that LeBrat Smith have a really good game was in Chicago. Then mm-hmm. they fly to Washington and everything. Mm-hmm. And apparently Michael tells the team like what he had in the whole game, last game, I will have in the first half. And he just goes out there and just destroys this kid. Mm-hmm. So
0: that, that that's why <laughs> they that, 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 didn't hear from him no more <laughs>
2: No, but then, but then when they asked Michael about it, Michael said, I have no recollection of this. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, either, either, either dude didn't actually say good game, Mike, and Michael just kind of manifested this in his head. hmm. Or, Michael was just so in the zone of being pissed and whatnot that he really don't remember it. You know, you, you have one of them type of you know those blackout moments, and kind yeah, of in the zone sort of thing. Yeah, he, he blacks out and he just goes into this whole you know bizarro Jordan world, and he really don't remember it. So I, I, yeah, very true.
0: Very true, man. Very, very true. But I thought that, I thought that was wild. Man. That was crazy. That's that's one of the best Jordan stories, man. What, I mean, so what, much. Of happens in his career, but that, that, that's up that's, that's one of the best stories.
2: Yeah, well, that one and the whole, and the BJ Armstrong one too. That's- yeah, I was,
0: yeah,
2: BJ, BJ Armstrong, that, 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 that was another one too. Now, 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 now BJ, BJ should
0: have known better. He played with Mike. He should have known better than that. I mean, yeah, I mean, any other time, yeah, you you, know, you make a shot like that, you win, you know, you're excited that. I understand that. But this is Mike, man. You play, you know how he is. You should have known better
2: than that. You should have known better, man. And what's funny about that one, too, so, once again, you got a former teammate, Mm just getting the best of you and everything because they know the ins and outs of your team, basically.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. And even when they show them like congratulating each other after the game, Michael does have this look on his face like, I'm gonna get you. I'm I'm a- gonna-
0: <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got something
2: for you next game, boy. You you, you done messed up now. <laughs> and, and even BJ says that too. He says like you he came back to this game and he you know he gave it to us. You know, right? to be good, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he gave it. So I mean it, that that kind of goes back to what Michael has said. You know, in the series of of where he doesn't have a gambling problem, he has a competition problem. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's just wild how he will, like, take things very personally and manifest stuff to basically get him going.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. You yeah. Get him motivated. Like I say, the simplest thing said, okay, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll show you. <laughs> I'll show you what's happening. I'll show you the balls out here on this court.
2: Yeah, cause I mean, it even it even goes back to you know the greatest game that was never seen, the the '92 uh, Dream Team practice, you know, mm-hmm. when Magic start trash talking him and then say, "Hey, I need you to be Air Jordan," I say, cause mm-hmm. that's what we need right now." And mm-hmm. Magic say they went, you know, they was beating them by eight, and then he know they down by two. <laughs> so- mm-hmm.
0: See, see, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh- don't don't mess with that man. Don't 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 get him started. <laughs> like I said, well, it won't take much. He said, "Okay, I'll show you. I got something for you." Okay. <laughs> oh man. Uh, one of the most emotional things was—I mean, a lot of emotional stuff about the um episodes and everything—but um, at the end of episode seven, when he was just kind of talking about you know the reason you know he does a lot of things that he does, you know, like when it came to like you know his competitive nature and some of the stuff in the practices and stuff we'll get into. A little bit afterwards that was like one of the raw real moments mm-hmm. of this whole series how do how, 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 how you feel about that that was a very good way I felt to end that um that first
2: episode well I mean it goes back to talking about you know we we have been getting to see a lot of michael Jordan the man and I think right there you got to see him at his i I, I would say for anyone who don't know anything about michael Jordan even all us that do Think we even know a little bit about Michael Jordan? I think that last, you know, ending of that episode, I feel like that sums up just who he is,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: because the fact that he's talking the way he's talking and everything, he and I guess, I guess when you do talk about something that you are very passionate about, and just I guess maybe the emotions and you know remembering. A lot of that stuff, and knowing everything, how hard he had to work and all that type of stuff to get to the status that he got himself at, mm-hmm. it, it it came out, and
1: mm-hmm.
2: and he he wanted to see. He was like, "We have to take a break."
1: And yeah, yeah.
2: Because mm-hmm. I mean, when he was talking, you you could see clearly that his eyes were starting to ward up. It just yeah, it just he cowed. was getting very emotional, very emotional. But it it, it made me think about too, like how you know, we might have, everyone has like different standards for themselves, but you will always have you, you, whether you know someone personally or just someone you might work with. And if you have a certain standard of how to do things now, you, you know what you can do and you might do something really well Mm -hmm. or whatnot, Mm -hmm. but. And if you have someone on your team, like say, in a workplace or just doing something, you know, together with someone, and you, you might not want them to be on your level of what you're doing because you know your level is higher than their level at doing certain things, but you want to try to maximize whatever they have to be at the ceiling for them because everybody's mm-hmm. ceiling is different. Yeah. What I'm. And I think, I think one of the things was is that Michael wanted the maximum effort from mm-hmm. his teammates because mm-hmm. he knew the standard that he stood for. Because when you look at who coached him going back to college, Dean Smith, Roy Williams,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then when he gets to the NBA and uh, that coach, I think it was Vertec or whatever his name was, he wasn't that great, but then you had Doug Collins. Doug oh, Collins. Mm-hmm. doug and then you go to phil jackson who just expanded on what made michael great mm-hmm. and so when you have that type of learning tree of a uh, dean smith Roy williams doug, like the
1: elite of the elite. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Phil jackson you know those four right there just alone oh yeah so you that's instilled in you and also too let's keep let's not forget before basketball james jordan is his father and mm-hmm. probably, you know, the life lessons that his dad taught him. So mm-hmm. when you get all that wrapped up into one, and he has this, you know, determination, this this will about him that is unmatched from a lot of people. And when you're on his team, he wants you to exceed your your natural expectations because he might see something more out of you. Mm-hmm. And if you're not exceeding that, he gets offended by that. Oh, yeah. He so, definitely does. And because some people, they don't know how. They don't know how to motivate themselves. They don't know how to, you know, do that. And, you know, you work with enough people. or You be around enough people. You, you know people that are like that. But mm-hmm. you can say certain things to them. You can try to motivate them as best you can. To mm-hmm. try to get them to, you only can do so much. As best I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. they have to be willing to put in the effort themselves. And Michael seemed like the person. If you're not putting in the effort, then you don't care.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's why I guess he was the way he was and pushed people the way he did. And I guess you know just him talking about that it got him worked up, and he got emotional like that. And it is it's one of the rawest moments of him that you will ever see. I, I will, I will put that moment over his hall of fame speech, mm-hmm. you know, what not, because even, even in hall of fame speech, he, he got emotional. And of course he got the whole Jordan meme and all Jordan that. Crap, meme. Right?
1: But mm-hmm.
2: I, I don't think people, people reacted to this a lot different than that hall of fame speech, because this was true, raw, uncut. And it was almost like a, Look behind the curtain at the man Michael
0: Jordan. Mm hmm, mm hmm. This is like the real Cry yeah. Jordan. I got that little Cry
2: Jordan I mean. He's yeah. a Hall of Fame speech.
0: And like you said, coming from that, you know, all that, you know, going back to his college days, you know, with you know Roy Williams and Dean Smith and everything. And also, too, I think his, his brother too. They took him and his brother were very competitive too. So you yeah. know, throw him in the mix too. He all a combination of all of that you know, explains where he got that competitive nature, that work ethic that was instilled from him from, like, day one. And it mm-hmm. explains so much about, you know, his personality and his makeup and everything. And it's that broad I it came out in that moment. And like I said, it's one of the realest moments we've seen of Michael Jordan, and one of the realest moments we've seen in this documentary to this point. Yeah.
2: Because, I mean... You... Oh, I forgot to mention one thing, too, because even when he spoke at uh, Kobe's funeral, you you got to see, you know, the real him. Mm -hmm. Because he was talking about his friend, someone he looked at as a little brother. Mm -hmm. So you, you got to see the real him in that moment, too. But like I say, but this to really sum up who Michael Jordan is, I think those two, three minutes really like drove that home.
0: It definitely did, man. It definitely did. It was a it was a great, great moment. And also too, it kinda goes back to like some of his, you know, practice taps when you're talking about him the practice, you know, getting on the guys and yelling and cussing and everything and different ones, you know, Scott Burrell, he was on there, he was trying to get the best of everything out of him. <laughs> he was trying to get the best out of him, man. That, you know, he 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 wanted the guys to be as, you know be at their best, you know, if you can go out here and go to battle with me on this basketball court, you know, you won't have to, you know, reach a certain level and if not, you know, you you know, basically, basically get the step it. If you're not going to, you know, yeah. go out here, and give me that give me that effort, you know. So how do you feel about that when it came to, like, talking about, like, his practice habits, how he was, you know, putting guys and everything in practice?
2: Well, I mean, because he even alluded to it in the episodes, like, the reason why he was the way he was in practice with them is, you know, he didn't, he said he didn't want them to necessarily fight him but he wanted, them, he wanted to get them so worked up to the point that they did want to fight him because once again, look at what he had to endure himself. Mm-hmm. The Pistons and stuff like that. So, his mentality was if they could stand up to me,
1: mm-hmm. then
2: I knew that I didn't have no problem going to war with them against other teams. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of dudes understood that and michael just i i I think maybe if he would have explained that to them but then again that would have that would have kind of negated the point of what he was trying to make so instead of coming out and actually saying it you know he would just do little things just trying to see how far he could go and of course he even said too sometimes he went across the line and everything but it was just him just trying to you know make them be to, you know, to live up to their to the best and get the max out of their you know abilities and everything. But I mean, this Scott Barrell, yeah, he he he's a nice dude, everything. But do you even really remember Scott Barrell playing? No, you you, you 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 really know. When they brought him up and I think, oh, he did play.
0: I I totally forgot about him. You so, want nobody just you know, you remember like you remember Pippin and Robin and Kuko and different ones, B.J. Armstrong was grey. Well, he was like one of those forgotten teammates basically. Exactly.
2: Exactly. So I mean and I guess that was the whole point of what they were trying to prove with that is like, you well know, because he was so nice of a guy, look at the career that he had, dude. I probably had to look up his career because I don't think he did anything major significantly in the NBA because I don't remember I, should, I don't remember these. like I said if they hadn't him up I would have totally like forgot
0: about him like he's one of those forgotten teammates when it comes to come to Michael Jordan's career but yeah but I found, I found it all very interesting and everything and of course you know they get into the whole thing with um him and Steve Kerr we've heard you know Ty all this whole thing you know down over the course of years Um, how, how do you feel about that whole little incident with him and Steve Kerr
2: Well, I mean, okay, so Steve Kerr is the flip side of Scott Burrell. Oh, yeah. Burrell, you know, he just kind of laughed it off and everything like this. Didn't pay Michael no mind. Steve Kerr gave Michael exactly what he wanted. You know, to the point that he was willing to fight, even though Michael punched him in the face, but it showed that Steve Kerr was willing to go, he was willing to take it to that extra limit. And, lo and behold, Steve Kerr is, you know, he makes the one of the game winning shots to win the championship for for the Bulls in one of the in the second three p. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: that just that kind of shows you Michael respected Steve Kerr. Yeah, he,
0: mm-hmm. so. he earned he earned his he earned his respect. You know, you know, he punched, punched him in the eye and everything, but that that showed he had that you know that fire,
2: but him he wasn't he going he wasn't going back down for Michael,
0: so. Exactly. I mean, in that moment, he earned his respect.
2: Yeah, and, and it was funny about it, too. Steve Kerr has a very unique career. Because, he really does, when you think about it. I mean, as, as a player, he he has five championships. Three of the Bulls and two of the Spurs. Mm-hmm. As a coach, he has three championships with the, with the Golden State Warriors. So, you know, the man has a very unique career mm-hmm. and everything. And I mean, he's always kind of been one of those players, even though he was "quote unquote" a role player. But I think he was a he was more of a top tier role player than.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Cause you well you know there there's some there's like role players and then there's role players. You know? Yeah, oh
0: yeah, there's a big difference, definitely.
2: <laughs> and he he was not one of them. He wasn't a Scott Burrell role. Player, no, you know? oh, he no, he he was definitely above
0: that man. <laughs> he was so.
2: both definitely. And, and it's funny, too, because when you think about it, Steve Kerr kind of, he falls under the Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan, Greg Popovich learning tree. <laughs> so
0: That's amazing, man. That and, and, he,
2: amazing. And, and, and that learning tree, he now is passing down to you, Steph Curry's, your Clay Thompson's. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, when he was there in Golden State. That's 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 amazing when you
0: think about it, man. I mean, like you said, a very interesting career playing and coaching for um, yeah. Steve Kerr. But uh, real quick on uh Scott Burrell. he's actually a coach now. He's coaching at uh Southern Connecticut State University, and he kind of bounced around the league. You know, he, before he went to the Bulls, he played for the Hornets, Golden State, he played for the Nets. He played overseas for a little bit. cause He got that one championship during that uh, final year with the Bulls. He had uh, he had 6.9 points a game. had 2,649 career points, 1,332 career rebounds, and 527 assists. Scott for real. <laughs> Yeah, he,
2: he, he was a role player. He was, yeah, I just, he was a
0: role player. Now I don't know what he did as far as like, coaching is concerned, but um, as a player, he was just a role player. <laughs> Oh man Uh, Let's see The um, Space Jam stuff They got into a little bit about the um, whole Space Jam And everything I I did not notice They had built a whole like little Bubble set type of thing For him to fly. He was still filming and everything For him to still be out there and play ball He had some players out there too He had Reggie Miller out there And Ron was out there Juan Howard and everything I'm like oh wow my dad I didn't know that. I don't like, you know. I figured he probably was you know, getting some practicing, but I know they had built a whole little setup there for him to actually go there and practice. Um, How do you feel about that?
2: I mean, that's wild. Um, Very wild. But, but the whole thing about Space Jam is, is wild because that movie was art imitating life. Mm
0: mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Yes, it was.
2: Because, I mean, the movie the movie is done. Like I said they did a very good job of how they constructed that whole thing, where you know he's a baseball player and he's kind of struggling,
1: and mm-hmm.
2: you know, but the Looney Tunes needed his help because of uh, Jerry Krause I mean, um, <laughs> uh, um, you know. <laughs> You know, Jared Cross and his um, his demon squad. You know they from Moron Mountain. You know they 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 He's show
0: monsters.
1: Uh,
2: yeah, <laughs> and steal some of the NBA po- uh, players' powers or whatnot. And mm-hmm. and then he has to go and and the way they use that movie in order for him to get back his basketball courage. I always I, I think as a kid, Space Jam is just entertainment because the Looney Tunes, right? Looney Tunes. But, yeah, but I I think when you watch that movie as an adult, that movie has a very interesting message in it. And it, but as, but as far as like the behind the scenes stuff, where you know I I think Space Jam also too helped with him to kind of get back his basketball, you know, love for the game. I should say.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Agree. So and plus he had all his friends out there with it.
1: Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he had
2: a whole. I had a whole, a whole squad out there playing. And you know, I'm, I'm surprised. Well, I'm surprised they did not talk about that charity um, basketball game that he played in too. Um, because Scottie Pippen, um, I think Penny Hardaway, a lot of NBA players was in this game, and Michael played in this game. And I think that was either, I think it was like either late '94 or it was early '95. -hmm. When he played in that game, Mm -hmm. and I I like to believe that little things like that is what kind of started him leaning him towards like coming back to play basketball. Especially too when you got freaking Scottie Pippen on live TV, you know, wearing Jordan shoes and pointing at the air and talking, waving like, "Come back, come back, yeah, like come back, come back. We we
0: need you, man. We need you, Mike."
2: (laughs) Yeah, and plus too. That two-year time when Michael was gone, the NBA ratings was not that good.
0: They were not, man.
2: I mean,
0: Jordan was – he brought a lot of – you know, say what you want. But he brought a lot of people in, even, like, the, probably a lot of the cattle, you know, They might not have been huge basketball fans. They, they wanted to see, you know, the great you know, Michael Jordan. So once he left, the ratings, they yeah. definitely suffered big time. Like I say, you had other people in the league, but you didn't have nobody on that
2: Jordan. You know. Is that, I mean, to – I mean, of course, we, we talk in basketball, but if we, if we had to shift it to something else that we enjoy a lot, which is wrestling,
1: mm-hmm. and if
2: they if want to make that comparison, that's like when Austin retires, The Rock goes to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody was bigger than them because they, I mean, as much as your Undertakers and Triple H and Shawn Michaels, you know, mm-hmm. and everything, you those two... Had such crossover appeal mm, that brought mm-hmm. a lot of casuals in and,
1: mm-hmm, and, and exactly. everything
2: like that. So Michael Jordan to basketball is the same way. Where yeah, you had your basketball fans, but because of his crossover appeal mm-hmm. with the you know the whole shoe campaign that got behind mm-hmm. it, and the
0: commercials and everything. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: the McDonald's commercials and all that. Gator stuff. Really and, know
0: that be like
2: Mike. Exactly, Gatorade. Then, of course, Space Jam comes along, and mm-hmm. then you get uh, even more, because now you got kids, little kids. Little, little kids cousins, with the, lo- the Looney Tunes
0: and everything from ex- the cartoon perspective.
2: Ex- exactly, so you got all this crossover appeal with him, and so th- I guess it only made sense. Hey, I gotta come back to the basketball. Man. You gotta you gotta get these ratings back up, man.
0: Yeah, you, def- you definitely did, man. You definitely, definitely did. And like I so said with the Space Jam movie too, once again it came with like a whole lot of uh, like memorabilia and stuff. I mean, they, I remember I having a whole bunch of like stuff. I mean, I remember I had a Space Jam alarm clock. There was a game out for PlayStation I had. I had some of the figures. I had so much Space Jam stuff, man. Did you remember? Did you have any like Space Jam like memorabilia and stuff?
2: I, I didn't have any memorabilia stuff. I mean, I think because I had the movie on VHS, and also mm. I had the soundtrack. Oh but yeah, the soundtrack yeah. was good.
0: That sounds that that's one of the best like movie soundtracks. I think I still
2: got it. Too. That it was a very good soundtrack. It was, it was a lot of good songs on that soundtrack. And yes, course, it was. I mean, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it kind of sucks talking about him now because of all the stuff that he you know got himself and gotten to talking about R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I believe I can fly. That song. I mean, that Beautiful song. Yeah. It, it, shoot, I remember. Actually, my elementary, fifth grade elementary class, we, we actually sung that for our graduation. I think we, I think we sung that too.
0: I thought it was for graduation, but it was for, it was for something. It was something we did. I remember singing that song. It might have been graduate, but it was for something. We sang that, we
2: sang that song too. Yes. So, I mean, that, but it, but at the same time, it is, a like you said, it's a beautiful song. It really is. It's a very good song. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, say what you will about uh, R. Kelly, you know, whatnot. What it was common. <laughs> exactly. When it comes to music and everything, he he was at the top. Oh, without
0: question, well, you, you can't take yeah. that away.
2: And that song, I mean, is a great song and it's a very inspirational song too. Mm-hmm. So I believe I could fly, I believe I could touch the sky. You know, you know, it's just it, it just and plus, I mean, at the point that they play it in the movie or whatnot, it's just kind of drives it all home, too. So.
0: hmm Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I remember I I McDonald's, they had some stuff out, too. They had, like, little stuff to um, stuff figures and stuff from Space Gam. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. I'm sitting on my, um, staying there, my Michael Jordan uh, Space Game figure. I'm looking at it right now. I, I had a lot of Space Game stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I had a lot. I'm telling you, my uncle would be, like, so much space. I had you name it, I probably had it. <laughs> and I I, I I like i
2: Kept that Jordan figure, man. I kept that Jordan figure. Hey, that's still worth money, man. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure it is, man. I will text him with that figure. It is worth. <laughs> and if, if you lucky enough to get him or anybody that was in the movie to sign it, shoot. Oh man. You you, you, you set, man. <laughs> you
0: definitely set, man. <laughs> but yeah, man. Great movie, great soundtrack. we, you know, definitely, you know, like anybody hadn't seen Space. Jam. I know for most people probably have not if you haven't seen Space Jam, I highly recommend seeing the movie and getting that soundtrack. That was a very, very good soundtrack. It was one of those CDs you could put in like from beginning to end, just you know, all the songs mm-hmm. were good on there. And
2: and see and that right there is the reason why a lot of people when they said Space Jam 2 with LeBron James, that's why people got pissed about it because of how important the original movie is. Mm-hmm. And my only curiosity with this LeBron James version mm-hmm. is what conflict is going to be brought up here to where they need to get him.
0: That's very true. Like I said, with the Jordan one, like I said, it was very, you know, it was connected to what was actually like, you know, going on with Jordan at the time. So what are they going to do with LeBron? It kinda, you know, whether Louis is gonna need
2: LeBron's help. That's gonna be a very interesting how they play that storyline out. And, and also too, what what turmoil is LeBron gonna be facing? Because we knew what Michael was facing. Michael oh, was yeah he mm-hmm. was struggling with baseball. He wasn't mm-hmm. a basketball player anymore. He wasn't mm-hmm. himself anymore. Mm-hmm. So what so what is internal conflict is LeBron gonna be going through in the movie?
0: That's, that's gonna be the million dollar question, man. I'm telling you, I'm very, you know, I'll, I'll check it out when it comes out, but I'm very, you know, kinda of on the fence about this. Something, something, you know, you should just, just leave alone. You, you, really, you really should leave, especially something like that. I mean, I already comparing him to Michael Jordan and everything, but I mean, now he's gonna to try to do Space Jam too. I mean, I don't know. That's gonna be very tricky. gonna be it's gonna be high expectations
2: when people like us, that,
0: you know, grew up with the original Space Jam. It's gonna be very, very high, high expectations for that movie when it comes.
2: But one last thing about that. So I thought about something. So mm-hmm? would you say that Michael's retirement is like the equivalent of LeBron making the decision to go to Miami? Because that I mean, in a way, the whole world was watching when Michael, you know, was making his retirement.
0: I mean, it's 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 pretty close. Like I said, the whole world was watching and then a lot of people were invested too to see where LeBron was ultimately gonna go when he became a free agent. It's 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 up
2: there. It's definitely up there. Especially with the fact we had everybody at this doggone. I can't believe it. he had the whole team there. He mm-hmm. had you know friends, his wife was sitting there next mm-hmm. to him and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? And that's something else that I'm I'm surprised that there isn't any reference to his wife at all in this.
0: No, not at all. Not so, one moment if they not even even once if they even you know touched upon that.
2: So I mean that's the only time you see her. <laughs> yeah and i mean she she's an important part of you know with jordan brand and everything like that because she was like i think i forgot exactly what position she had in the company but she helped you know helped build up jordan brand too so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah that's kind of interesting but Mm -hmm. once again like 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 i said you know michael has uh Final cut. there <laughs> he does. Yeah, that, that,
1: that, that's, that's very true. Very, very, very true, man. Very true. All right. So, Jordan comes
0: back. You know, they had that 72 and 10 season. Get to the finals where they're playing the Seattle Supersonics. You know, you got Sean Kemp when he was really Sean Kemp, and you got Gary Payton, the glove. I'm 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 telling you, the best thing in this whole (laughs) thing so far from these two episodes, maybe from the whole show, was watching his reaction when they gave him the iPad. And to see (laughs) his (laughs) response, and to see his reaction when Gary Payton was talking about, you know, yeah, I'm going to tie him out and everything, You uh, you know, I'm the defensive player of the year at that time. And just watching Jordan just watch that on the little iPad. And just watch him, I laughed so hard, man. I said that was like the best thing, seeing his reaction to uh, Gary Patton's claim, like, oh yeah, you know, I'm gonna tie him out and everything. And then was like, you know, I had no problem with the glove. I had no problem with the glove. I, I love that, man. That was good stuff, man. how do you, how'd you feel about
2: that part? <laughs> I mean, look, Gary Payton... As much as I like Gary Payton, too. Oh, I like Gary Payton, man. Him and Sean yeah. Kent, man. I like both of them. Yeah. The, Gary Payton, he remembered it one way, mm-hmm. and Michael remembered it how it really that was. That's like you said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what <We're> talking about <laughs> earlier <between that. laughs> he, remembered, he remembered it how it was. And yeah, I agree. That was epic. Because even the one about Isaiah Thomas, like, what does he say I forgot exactly what it was say. It? Oh, Isaiah probably said something about me. Said, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that, like, that, mm-hmm. that, that that was good too. to that was good, was good too. And it's like, it's like, but look, we just need uh, like a a, a series of Michael Jordan just reacting to to whatever on a on a uh, iPad. Mmm. I, I, I was I was signing up for that too. I I, I watched that. It's, it's, <laughs> It's priceless, and I mean, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Gary Payton, he he was no match for Michael. No, because
0: you know, good of a defensive player as he was, like I said, defensive player of the year, he he was no
2: match for Michael. Because, you know? like B.J. Armstrong said, we played the game. Michael played to win. Yes. So, and also too, Michael is on record saying his toughest. Defender was Joe Dumars. Mm-hmm. He say not not because of not from a one on one point of view. Mm-hmm. He say, but it was the way that Joe Dumars would position himself for help defense, mm-hmm. and that's why he was his toughest defender.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So he gave Joe Dumars all his credit. He didn't say nothing about Gary Payton. No, not. I was you know worried about the gloves. <laughs> Plus, I, mean, I mean, that Seattle team, they had a, a, a good squad. Like I said, you had Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, you mm-hmm. had Deadlift Shrimp, you had mm-hmm. Herschel Hawkins.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, wait, was, I think Sam Perkins on that team? I can't remember. I think remember. he might have been. He might have been with that down. I, I can't remember. Sam Perkins, that's another interesting dude. Mm
0: hmm. So,
2: but uh, yeah. Um, wait, was No, Vin Baker was going by that point. I, I think Vin
0: Baker. Vin Baker, Baker was not
2: on that team. <laughs> uh, that's twice his name. Yeah. From- yeah. Um, what's his name?
0: Sam Perkins was. He was on Seattle from '93 to '98. So yeah, he was on
2: that team. Yeah, because yeah. you know Sam Perkins was was a college teammate of mine. Teammate of his. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Carolina boys. Yeah. So it, it just funny, but but yeah, Ben Baker's gone by that point. From <laughs> from, from freaking oh man, freaking Ben Baker. Ben <laughs> Baker. Um, good lord. But but yeah, I mean they had a good squad, but they was no match for that Chicago Bulls team. There no, they really wasn't. No. No, no,
0: no, no. Not at all, man. Not at all. And of course they end up beating them. Or two, you know, he wins his first title since he came back, and of course, man, he wins it on Father's Day. And I'm telling you, man, I, rem- I remember this. Vivid- I don't know about you, I remember this vividly. Him being there in the locker room on the ground, holding the ball. Mind you, kid at the time, so you know, I'm not fully grasping everything, but I knew it was, you know, a very powerful, impactful moment. Just seeing him, just that image of him on the ground holding the ball. All this raw emotion and everything, you know, finally, you know, getting back to that championship level, you know, doing it, you know, his first championship without his dad. One of the best moments, one of the best, one of the best Jordan moments, and one of the best sports moments. Just seeing that, just that vision. I'll, I'll never forget that moment. Man. I'll never forget
2: that, man. No, I, I won't either. And like, said, like you said too, um, it's his first championship because right? his dad was. Was always right there for one, two, and three.
1: Mm-hmm, he, he was, was
2: there.
1: Mm-hmm, he so sure was.
2: His dad was there for the national championship mm-hmm. so in 82. His dad mm-hmm. is there. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time that he's winning you know, a, a championship or an award like this, and his dad is not there. And the fact that it's on father's, father's Day. Father's
0: Day, even more. This adds even more to the emotion.
2: But I always felt like that was. His gift to his dad. that's what I always felt like. Mm. And but the one thing that I always remember from that and it always pisses me off and it even pissed me off when I watched it on the documentary when they showed it. Freaking Randy Brown jumping his happy ass on, on top of Michael with the ball and, and Mike trying to celebrate with Michael. And it's like, get the hell out of here, dude. Like Yeah, dude, let, let him let him have his moment. And it, it's like Because once again, there's one of your role players. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why is like, mean, even as a kid, I was always like, why the hell is Randy Brown jumping? Even then, you (laughs) did. Look, if if Scottie Pippen is not jumping all in there on top of him, Mm -hmm. why the hell are you jumping all in Yeah, Yeah, and and if it was Pippen or somebody like that, you, you could understand that. But somebody like him, like, come on now. Come on, dude, but dude. Th- but I think everybody kind of knew I think Randy Brown was the only one that didn't get the memo, really,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. but everybody
2: else kinda you know kind of stepped back,
0: but he was Randy Brown said, Mm-mm, i'm gonna I'm gonna come here and celebrate, oh. no dude, I didn't think about that, but yeah, that's yeah why are you' kinda stealing his
2: thunder there, so to Because, I mean it wasn't it, it 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 wasn't even really a celebration for no. michael it it was more like I say this would. I always looked at that as that ball was. I wanna say like the, the rep- representation of his dad.
1: hmm
2: And that's why he was just holding on to it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That that that's what I got from it. And like I say, Randy Brown come bringing his happy ass all in there. Mm-hmm. But but then again, he was so happy that would be winning something, right? Yeah, that's, that's very true. Happy to be there long for the ride. <laughs> but 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 the first I think this was the first time that we actually got to hear you know, Michael just laying on the floor in the locker room, just crying.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. That was like, ooh, that, that, was, that was emotional, too. Yeah, cause you Cause,
2: always I mean, you saw the image, but you didn't actually get there, like, here. Exactly. But this is the first time you you hearing it. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I think that kind of drove it more home, too. Like, this was for his dad. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, man. Like I say, another another powerful, strong moment in this document. Like I said, man, I'll I'll never, never forget that, man. That was a great, great moment. I mean, of like, all the clips he won, that probably was, you know, that probably won, that probably meant the most to him. I think that
2: one. Yeah, yeah, I I, I will agree. Mm-hmm.
0: Probably after his first one, that this one probably probably meant the most. I mean, like I so said, all the, you know, all everything just kind of came together in that moment, and he just came out, you know, you just you know. Ball, balling out, man. Just unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. But, um, anything else in this episode that you wanted to touch on? Anything else that stood out to you? Or?
2: Um, shoot. Uh, there was... Oh! That whole thing, going back to Michael talking trash. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. his, the way his trash talking, it's like, like, jeez, Mike, like, like what the heck? Calling people a hoe? Calling them a bitch? And yeah, I
1: mean, I, I, I,
2: I'm telling you, man, he he he
0: did not hold back. Now, can you can you now can you imagine? Like I said, I was you know then, in you know, the '90s and everything. Could you imagine that some of that stuff flying now? Like if he was playing with some of these guys now, sensitive. If some of these players are, especially someone like a Kevin Durant, gets all overly sensitive with the, most of the goals. So can you imagine some of them players like now? Jordan, you know, dealing with some of that stuff. I I, I can't even imagine.
2: Well, I, I I would name two people that have come close to doing that. Kobe, before he retired, mm-hmm. when he went off on the team in practice.
1: Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: And then Jimmy Butler, when he was in Minnesota. Yeah. With Carl Anthony Townsend, how they got all overtly sensitive about how he was doing it's it Like, I can't, look, I can't deal with y'all. That's mm-hmm. why he left.
0: Yeah, that's why he left. So, he said, I, 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 can't, I can't do this. I can't deal with these guys. Yeah.
2: And I think if I think of Jordan with the mentality that he has, you know, and and put that into today's era. So if he came in up with that same type of mindset today and was trying to and was doing some of that stuff with his teammates, he'd be labeled a freaking bully. Oh, without without question.
0: Especially with the social
2: media age and everything, he'd be all over
0: Twitter and everything. Everybody they'd be, you know, it'd be crazy. It'd be, be a hot mess.
2: Be, he'd be labeled a bully all, you know, what is wrong with him. He has to end up apologizing mm-hmm. and everything like this.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. It, it, it would be ridiculous. But at that time, and we talk about Michael Jordan at the height of his powers and whatnot. Steve Kerr could have easily went out and said, yeah, Michael assaulted me in practice. Mm-hmm. You know, he could have easily did that. Mm-hmm. Did he? Nope. No. He didn't did do that, that. That wasn't his makeup. So, And, I mean, there's been some wild stuff that's happened. I don't know if you ever remember. You remember when uh, when Jason Kidd and Jim Jackson was was teammates in Dallas and they got into this whole big fight because I forgot exactly who girlfriend was whose, but the girl was girlfriend to one of them and she was messing around with the other one. And then they found out about it and they got into this whole big fight.
0: That sounds vaguely familiar. That sounds somewhat familiar. <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: but could you imagine, like, say that same type of thing? Can you imagine that happened now with TV? I mean, oh, hell! It, it, I'm, I'm still surprised that the whole thing with LeBron, Delonte West, and his mom never got out. I'm well surprised. Like I'm
0: surprised, surprised too. i, I really, am.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm
0: shocked by that. I mean, that was that man. That man's mom on there. I mean, come on.
2: Oh, I'm exactly. surprised. So it's, 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 your it's, teammate. Your teammate. That's not just anybody, you're a teammate. you teammate. teammate man. Your and a lot of people mm. said that's the reason why he left Cleveland first.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. That was that was one of the major things that played a played a role in that.
2: So who knows? Maybe we'll find out in about um, 10, 15 years, you know, or what not, when when they do the um uh, LeBron James uh, documentary. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. We'll,
0: we'll get the truth out. We'll get some detailed kind of information. You
2: know, about. you know, that whole thing. Because, you know, right now, they just been, you know, filming everything. And then 15, 20 years from now, mm-hmm. we get, get the whole documentary. Like mm-hmm. to deal with this. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I mean, but I, I, I don't know, man. They. I. I think that's where it comes across as like this generation of being soft. Mm-hmm. Because you know, you, you hear stories of and I wouldn't say that Michael everything he did, I'm not I'm not con, condoning everything. Mm-hmm. But sometimes in some people you have to be tough on now mm-hmm. the tough way love. he went at yeah, the way he went at Scott Burrell was completely different than how he went at Steve Kerr. Oh definitely. I, how he went at Steve Kerr was completely different than how he went at Luke Longley. Because, mm-hmm. I I, I mean, you always heard that story about how he went after Luke Longley so bad in practice. You know, and everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, I guess every everybody, you go at them a little bit different. And you just keep pushing and pushing to see how far they would. You could push them. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, I think they understood that. But these overtly sensitive dudes now, mm-hmm. you know, you go at them next day, you know, oh, he hit me, or he said mm-hmm. this, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm going
0: to go tweet about uh, it online and complain about yeah, it or, exactly. on Twitter.
2: You know? and, then, and then next thing you know, uh, Stephen A. Smith uh, and, and Max Kellerman on first take, or uh, uh, Shannon Sharp and uh, Skip Bayless on mm-hmm. Undisputed doing think pieces on the whole mm-hmm. thing.
0: Exactly. Very, very true, man. Very true. <laughs> that be the hot, hot topic for the day. <laughs> okay. so, oh, man. Uh, but one other thing, speaking, speaking to those guys, um, they were talking about it today on uh, First Take Act, Actually, They were saying like, who would have been a better teammate for um, Jordan during his own time. It would have been LeBron or it would have been Kevin Durant. Uh, who do you think would have been a better teammate? For him? I
2: think Kevin Durant. You think Durant? Mm-hmm. I think Kevin Durant. Because if you think about it, truly think about it, Kevin Durant has more of a Michael Jordan type mentality than LeBron.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And Kevin, remember, he kind of shut down talking to the media too. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Whereas LeBron, he... Le- LeBron had... Okay, so I got to break up Isaiah Thomas again. LeBron has more Isaiah Thomas in him <laughs> than anything. Mm-hmm. He loves to try to play the victim mm-hmm. with a lot of stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And when he's not the victim, he is the one who kind of orchestrates and manipulates the whole damn situations a lot of times. But he will make you feel like he's being victimized. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I LeBron, he, he doesn't, he he seems like he would be he would be overtly sensitive. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and definitely,
0: I think Durant would be a better teammate too. I mean, the only thing I think with LeBron is, yeah, he may not be as tough mentally. Like, and he does have kind of that kind of Isaiah Thomas thing kind of going for him. But I'm thinking just from a basketball standpoint, he's a guy that doesn't necessarily need to Ball in his hands all the time. I think he's more like that magic Johnson, more that facilitator. So I think he would definitely, if we have him kind of running the point in the triangle and everything, I think that would be very interesting because you wouldn't need him to do a whole lot of scoring. He could get, you know, might be get creative and kind of get, you know, Michael the ball more. But I definitely probably would go Durant too. I think he would definitely fit with him more than what. LeBron, LeBron is, cause he just doesn't have that, you know, LeBron, as good as LeBron is, I always say, he doesn't have that same killer instinct that, like Jordan and Kobe has. He just, you know, he, he, that's the main thing that's missing from his game. As good as he is, he just doesn't have that same mental toughness as those guys. And I think Jordan would definitely get to him at
2: some point. I don't even think he has the same mental toughness of a, of a Magic Johnson. I don't think so either. I think from a, from
0: a, like a passing standpoint, I, you know, I think Magic's a better player. Week guard and everything, but oh.
2: yeah, I, I agree with you there. Yeah. So and like I say, we ain't taking nothing against him. you know, away no, from him from, no, a, from no. his abilities just, just just everything of what we say is on tape. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's on like you, you, you look at the tape. You
0: just look at his game, his style of play. Is it's, it's there it's there for you. It's raw right there, man. And like I said, no, no, not to LeBron. Like I said, he'll go down as one of the all-time greats. No doubt it. But just, you know, there's certain areas. I mean, like I said, LeBron is like 3-6 and six in the NBA Finals. Do you think Michael Jordan would have stood for that, being 3-6 and six in the NBA? No way. No. I'm like sorry. Like I said, no.
2: Michael would – okay, I'll put it like this. Michael would not have lost to the Dallas Mavericks. No! No! No, and Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan wouldn't have had to leave Chicago
0: and go to another team to link up with them. You couldn't imagine, like I said, you couldn't imagine him going to link up with the Pistons or the Celtics. He wouldn't have had to do that. No, this is true. This he would. Yeah, this is all. This is all for, He would not have had to go join another person's team to ultimately win a champion. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> he would. He would have stuck it out. He would have figured out a way to kind of, you know, get over the hump, which he did.
2: And it's bad. And it's, and it's bad to say the two guys that we from this era that we said both of them did that. So,
1: yeah, pretty much,
2: but I don't know, but yeah, it's interesting. But I, I don't, oh, oh, it makes me wonder like, do you think that Kevin Durant with the Oklahoma City Thunder, do you think, even though they're in the same conference, so it's kind of hard to say that, mm. but if, if Oklahoma City was in, in the East, Going against Dallas in twenty eleven finals, mm-hmm. do you think they lose to uh, that Dallas Maverick team? No, no way.
0: Mm-hmm. They would have, they would have beat them, okay. and no, and no, and no, no, no knocking that Dallas team. But come on, man.
2: And, and let's not forget, uh, LeBron had a had a migraine. Exactly. He, he basically he basically did what he he had what Scottie Pippen had. Mm hmm.
0: Mm hmm. So. Mm-hmm. There you go. Simple as that, man. But, um, anything else?
2: Um, no, I think that pretty much covers it all.
0: Ooh, ooh man. We're getting down to the last two episodes, man. We're getting down to the final
2: two episodes, yeah. episode
0: nine and episode ten. Anything you're looking forward to in the final two episodes? Anything you hope that they cover or how they kind of wrap this all up into a bow and, like, close things out here for the last dance?
2: I, well, I guess I I can give up hope about them talking about uh Dennis Robinson, yeah, part time wrestling.
0: Did this before, this before they, they didn't get into that. I know and, you're looking if, forward to
2: that. I was and If you think about it, they kind of they they kind of forget about Dennis before for a hot you know, a little minute here. mm mm-hmm. Then it just disappears. Yeah, exactly. I I being the full point for those episodes, and
0: everything, he kind of taking kind of a backseat. <laughs> like.
2: Yeah, I mean, we, you just kind of see him sporadically, mm-hmm. you know, from from this point on. And, I don't know, maybe, well, I'm pretty sure we will get more of him, you know, when we focus it on, you know, the 97 and 98 championships, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's gonna be interesting to see because I'm pretty sure they're gonna bring bring back in more about Phil too
1: mm-hmm. right towards the end. Mm-hmm.
2: So it'd be interesting, like just to see, you know, how this whole thing is wrapped up. really.
0: Yeah, man. And I want to I, I hear about, I want want to about the flu game. I want I want to hear what they say about when it comes to the flu game. That's that's still the final <laughs> biggest thing. I'm want to see what he has to say about that flu game.
2: <laughs> you think you think gonna tell the truth? It'd be like yeah, it was it was the brown flu. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I had no idea man I'm, I'm just very curious to see what he really he has to say about that quote unquote game I'm very interested uh,
2: cause, I mean for, for people who don't know the, the, the rumor is is that Michael did not have the flu that he actually was hungover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> over <So>,
1: because mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> the way he was sweating that looked like somebody that was sweating, that they, they had a bunch of liquor in these. Yeah,
0: ex- 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 exactly. My my man was
2: cursed by him. <laughs> so, so just imagine if he if he just imagine what he would have did in that game if he wasn't hungry. Exactly, exactly. I think he had like thirty eight points in that game. Something like that, man. Michael Jordan had the flu. I'll never forget that. Michael Jordan had the flu. Like, what? <laughs> got the? Flu. How does he have the flu?
0: Yeah. I'm t- oh, I remember. I'm telling you, those last two. T- I rem- of all the, you know, I remember those two probably the most. Those last two ones against Utah, man. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this, and like I say, I'm looking forward to see what they say about this quote unquote flu game.
2: <laughs> but you know what? You know what? Okay, I, I, I guess I have to, I have to drive it home one more time. Mm-hmm. If they do get, if they. The prime opportunity to talk about Dennis Rodman and the whole NWO thing would be in this last two because they're going against Carmelone and the Utah Jazz. Yeah, so maybe maybe that maybe that's why they maybe that's
0: why they're saving it. Maybe
2: they're saving it for that. So that would that would so,
0: that would make sense. That would make.
2: sense so inside am the, of the for that. So I'm keeping hopeful, especially when they were talking about because you know Dennis did get under Carmelo's skin. in oh, those oh I remember. Oh, I remember. I'm
0: telling you, man. I remember those finals very well. So, oh, yeah. I remember, man.
2: <laughs> and the fact that they, they turned that into a storyline in WCW mm-hmm. the tag team mm-hmm. match. Items. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So, like I said, there's, there's, there's still hope, man. There's still hope for you to get your wish, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see,
0: man. We shall see, man. But um, that's it for episodes 7 and 8. Like I said, we down to the nitty need next week we're going to talk about episodes 9 and 10. Jay, any last words for these um, last two episodes?
2: Um, Michael Jordan is a madman, and if you see him with a baseball bat in his hand, with a cigar in his mouth, you should be on the lookout for whatever is to come your way. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And he was not worried about the glove. The glove was nothing. He was like a the glove, like a bitten to man. <laughs> I
2: was just a man. We
0: want no glove. <laughs> he was not worried about the glove. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have no problem with the. Glove. I, I had no. Yeah, yeah, I had no problem with the glove, man. Good stuff, man. I love. Yeah, I laughed, man. That was so funny, man. But that's it. You guys take care, be safe out there, and we'll see you next week to wrap things up with episodes nine and ten. Peace out, guys. Peace. I'm about to hit you with that traditional style of co-rocking, giving options for head knocking non-stopping. Tip topping lyrics be droppin', but styles can be forgotten. So we bring back the raw hip hoppin'. Just like the records they take, you be coppin'. Cop some breakdancing, boogie poppin', and lockin'. Tick tock. Guaranteed to have you talking. We only get better and only better we have gotten. This type of flow don't even think about stopping. Beware, the length of the flow can be shocking. All music lovers in the place right now, they never understood the way the KRS got down, Yo, I'm strictly about skills and dope lyrical coasting, relying on talent, not marketing and promotion. If a dope lyrical flow is a must, you got to go with the name you can quickly trust. I'm not saying I'm number one. Uh, I'm sorry I lied. I'm number one, two, three, four, and five. Stop your
1: money you on more